the gray shadows creep, and the world is asleep in the still of the night. Baby climbs down a flight, where she looks all around without making a sound. Then baby toddles up through the telephone and whispers in a baby tone. Hello, Central, give me no man's land. My daddy's there. My It's been 102 years since L.A. went through its first pandemic, the Spanish influenza of 1918, that cost the lives of close to 4,000 or more Angelinos. On today's quarantine and Skype episode of Holly Weird Paranormal, we touch on the 1918 Spanish influenza pandemic and how it parallels with the COVID-19 pandemic of today, the paranormal aftermath. East L.A. plays host to one of its oldest yet most haunted hospitals, the former Linda Vista Community Hospital, which now plays as a senior apartment facility. We talk about the history and the haunted history of the former hospital. So grab your crystals, your Lysol, and hold your 12-pack of toilet paper tight as we talk about the Spanish influenza of 1918 and the haunting of the former Linda Vista Community Hospital. Let's get Holly weird in this pandemic. All right. So let's start. <laughs> All right. Hey, boo, hey, guys. Welcome to our quarantine episode yeah. of Holly Weird Paranormal. This is our quarantine episode. So we are on El Skype. We're recording. We're trying to do this. Social distancing is still being enforced. We're all separated here. What a year this past couple of weeks has been, Bryce. Oh, it's only March. Like, how is that even possible? I know. How have you been holding up? Um, it's good. Um, yeah, I just like what I just think that people should stop saying that each new year is going to be their year. And it's no one's year. So, like, stop saying that shit. Um, (laughs) But, no, it's good. Um, I mean, I'm still working, which is equal parts, like, terrifying. And Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky at the same time. So, you know, uh, it's crazy. How about you? Still working as well. Unlike, you know, unlike yourself, I'm able to work remotely. I still go into my shop once a week just to collect Mm -hmm. more material because I'm still able to work on (laughs) the uh, performances that are supposedly supposed to happen in the next month. (laughs) Blink, blink, blink. Our school was in denial. So uh, there still kind of are. We had a set of 12 shows. Um, ready to go up and perform in late April all the way through May. So we are kind of being, you know, proactive, but at the same time, we mm. all still don't know what's going on. And uh, yeah, mm. it's just every, like everything else, like it's 
all up in the air. We're all in the same boat here. We are all in the dark. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen. And we just Luckily, got work. I feel like we're so lucky in some ways because, like, for me, I'm so type A that, mm-hmm. like, hearing information and, like, seeing strong leadership, like, with our mayor and with our governor absolutely is really, like reassuring um which i know is not necessarily the case um mm-hmm. in all parts of the country he said politically um <laughs> but for me like hearing like when eric garcetti gets up and he's like here's like it's this it's this it's this and he, like i'm so obsessed with him right now he's like our disappointed dad he's like taking things away he's like yeah hi you didn't listen to the first order so now like all the parks are closed like all the hikes are closed like take it seriously or it's gonna get worse and like the problem is is that even here where like i think or i hope most people are taking it seriously i think there's still that like individualistic spirit that we so value and like Mm -hmm. please just stay home thank you i know even when i go into like say just to go to my shop and mind you, like, it's just me and whatever, whoever's there. It's not a lot of, there's no students. It's just like five or six of us department heads just in our own right. space. But going to and from my shop, I'm still surprised at the amount of traffic there is and the oh. amount of people out. And yeah, I'm like you too. I'm so proud of our mayor, even though I know a lot of people don't think of him in a positive light. But I really think that he really oh. stepped up a hundred times. I mean, hello, we had FedEx, no, UPS working with us to get those COVID-19 tests for patients, you know, know. shipped in and out. And then on top of that, we just got the Mercy ship docked at the port of Los Angeles to help with the overflow of these hospitals and these COVID-19 patients. So yeah, I just, I feel like he's doing his best and we as, you know, a city need to do better is what it comes down to. Like, we just love yeah. to point the finger, but no one's it's doing, cool. not a lot of people are doing their part. Yeah. It's and that really was, hard to, like, not judge. Because yeah. I'm so, like, I'm such a teacher's pet. You know me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm quarantining the best, which I'm actually not. Like, I'm still going out to work. So, like, I mean, I work at a doctor's office. So, technically, we are an essential service. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just three of us in the office now. Yeah. But... Like, I, it's really hard because, like, if there is exposure in our house, all three of my roommates are full quarantine. So, like, they haven't left at all. So, it's like, oh. if anyone's going to get sick, it's because of me mm-hmm. bringing that home. So, that's, like, very scary. But it's it just is. so to, like, judge. Like, mm, they're not quarantining as good as me. Like, okay, I can't control that. Like, you just have to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've been doing very well. You've been very proactive with it. I know you've been cleaning. Yeah. You've been disinfecting everything. Your shoes, yeah, everything. I basically come home and I like, here's a little, you want to get some R-rated content. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're used to it after watching, and I'm sure everybody is in this boat, binge watching Tiger oh, King on Netflix. And you're going to say it, and it's so true, and it's so good. <laughs> I've never experienced a show where, like, you think you have the lay of the land, and then, like, 90 degree angle. Like, yeah. at one point I was like, we haven't seen a tiger in, like, three episodes. Like, what <laughs> is the show? It's so good. Oh, my God, it's so good. Apparently they're making a season two, so, like... They need to. Yeah. You have to... Wondery came out before the show, came out with a podcast 
called Joe Exotic. And I learned of that story through that podcast. So if you guys were hungry for more, no pun intended, you guys, <laughs> you guys can listen to the Wondery uh, season of Joe Exotic. And it's mm -hmm. really, really good. But yeah, if 2020 was a person, it would definitely be Joe Exotic. <laughs> and if yeah. the coronavirus was a person, it would be, hey, all you cats and kittens. Oh here. <laughs> uh, yes, but basically like every day I get home and I like strip in our laundry room. Ooh. And I like walk through our house naked and I like put my clothes in the laundry right away and then I like shower right away. So it's a free show. <laughs> they all come by sitting down with their beer and they're like one <laughs> that they're waiting for you. Right? Yes. They're taggers. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. That bitch, COVID nineteen, I tell you. Yeah. Ugh. What All a right. time to be alive, girl. It is certainly a time to be alive. But like you know aliens are gonna invade Earth, it's gonna be this year. Like, I feel like no, they're they're gonna be like, This world is fucked up, guys. We're going to the next, you know, nebula out there or something. Like, we're not gonna touch this planet. Fuck it. Hundred percent. Yeah, they're just gonna <laughs> they're like, uh uh, we're not even gonna do a pit stop here. We're over this shit. Look, if I didn't have to, I wouldn't either. So well, speaking of the coronavirus and what we're going through, that also, and so um, this isn't the first time that LA has faced a pandemic, so we're going to be talking about the Spanish influenza pandemic yeah. that hit Los Angeles back in 1918, guys. So yeah, we had dealt with something similar almost 102 years ago, and this all happened way back in September of 1918. So you know how we're going to do. We're going to definitely kick it old school and go all the way back to 1918 on how this happened and why it happened. And um, also, what were the developments in the midst of this pandemic? How did the city take care of its citizens? How yep. did we all band together? And of course, we'll introduce the Karens of the coronavirus. That will <laughs> definitely be a, 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 a Bryce soapbox that he yes. will definitely be oh. pulling out and dusting so off for you guys. <laughs> So, yes, we've had a couple of people that were just in denial that, you know, the Spanish influenza was totally interfering with their business, with their practice, with their gathering, even though it was killing thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> we'll hit we'll we'll hit that subject very soon. And of course, ghosts. I couldn't find any ghost stories in relation to the Spanish influenza. But just to let you guys know that Los Angeles plays as a setting for one of the most haunted hospitals in the nation. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Linda Vista Hospital. Ooh, yeah. That's old so-and-so, definitely. So let's hit the road and go all the way back to September of 1918, guys. So real yes. quickly, this was the third wave of the Spanish influenza hit we had seen two waves prior before 1918. The first wave hit Asia, I wanna say uh, 200 years prior, I could be wrong. And then the second wave hit Russia, yeah. and that was 100 years after it hit Asia, and that it made its way here to the States. Of course, it hit the US, and it definitely hit Canada really bad as well. So in it's mid-September 1918, when cases of the influenza began appearing in Los Angeles. And mind you, just as a little side note, this is from the influenzaarchive.org, guys. So this was all documented. Um, so it appeared in Los Angeles area. 
At first, the disease attacked seamen aboard a naval mm. vessel that had arrived in the harbor. And on September the 28th, officials at the Naval Reserve Station at Los Angeles Harbor was placed, um, they placed their installation under quarantine, although they were quick to state that the move was merely precautionary as no cases yet existed. Yet. But several Blink. days... <laughs> big Big blink. word. <laughs> but several days later, Army officials placed the Arcadia Balloon School under protective quarantine, prohibiting men there from visiting nearby Pasadena and other communities without special permission. So there, too, officials stated that there were no, cation, no like, cases amongst the soldiers. That was just in the beginning. But then eventually civilian cases started to slowly pop up in September 22nd. So we look at this, I want to say, a couple days later. Mm -hmm. um, the first reports were made on September the 27th when 55 students at the Polytechnic High School were diagnosed. And mm -hmm. yeah, and that was located off of Washington Boulevard and Flower Street in downtown. So the city health commissioner, this is a key word, Dr. Luther Milton Powers, or Dr. Powers, only described the polytechnic cases as alleged influenza. So here we are. We're in denial about this. Oh. <laughs> I know. They're just alleged cases. Nothing to worry about here. Everything to worry about here. So Mr. Powers then talks to Mayor Woodman, who was the mayor at the time. And it's one of those conversations of, hey, uh, we're slightly fucked here. Uh, we just don't know what to do in this case right now. We have this new influenza that just popped up and it's 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 pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, so this leads the mayor to appoint 11 of the most respected Los Angeles physicians plus Dr. E.A. Ingham, the California Health Department's Los Angeles representative to form the Medical Advisory Board to support Health Commissioner Powers. So when the new advisors met in October, businessmen in various state, county, and local health officers, including those from Pasadena, even Long Beach and other adjacent cities, came and joined forces, and they paved a way for an immediate municipal action. So the group recommended closing schools, theaters, churches, and yes, back then they had dance halls and they had bars. Yes, dance halls, wink, blink, blink. And other public meeting places, as well as daily disinfection for all public transportation vehicles, like buses and even trolleys or streetcars. So the next day, and this is in October 11th, Mayor Woodman declared a state of public emergency. So the city council confirmed the health department's legal right to issue a closing order and passed on ordinance giving powers authority to act in the emergency. So the health commissioner then ordered schools closed mm -hmm. and banned all public gatherings, including funerals, movie houses, movie theaters, pool rooms and other public entertainments effective at 6 p.m. the same day. However, Los Angeles also had two novel bans. The filming of mob scenes was prohibited as were crowds that gathered to watch street scenes being filmed. So they could, <laughs> they could still work, they could still do the films, but they cannot do anything with mob scenes or extras or no one can stop and watch these things or these films being shot. So. Uh, Los Angeles prepared to do battle with influenza as Angelinos adjusted to restrictions. Powers Medical Advisor Board met regularly. They modified rules of closure from time to time as dictated by necessity. Clarifying questions range from the sublime to even the ridiculous 
ridiculous. So we see a pattern here. So here are a few of the stupid questions that were delivered back then. Are dental schools included in the ban? Yes. What about piano lessons? Jesus Christ, doesn't anyone know about public emergency? Two words, public emergency. Should businesses stop holding sales? Playing music or doing other things to attract crowds? Is, is playing music prohibited? Uh, will the health department recommend wearing gauze masks? Should the masks be mandatory? Mm -hmm. Since pool rooms are closed, should a hotel shut down its single pool table Yes, yes, we're thinking about the masks. Yes, 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 pretty much. Mm -hmm. So tracking the epidemic, the health department quickly began issuing daily statistics to show the number of reported new influenza and pneumonia cases and deaths. People watched for any sign that the epidemic was abating. And for the three-day period ending on October 14th, only 300 cases and 11 deaths were reported by then, which resulted in the city council had uh, appropriating funds enabling the health department to hire more inspectors to create at least one temporary hospital mm. and the first of three to be assembled that fall. So $5,000 went to outfit an emergency hospital at the parent-teacher clinic on Yale Street. And the new hospital opened in October 19 as the number of new cases per day approached to now 800. So... Oh. Yeah, Power still wanted the city council to appropriate more funds for patient care. And when he declared that people in the Harbor District needed an emergency hospital close to their homes, the city council came in with $4,800 for a 35-bed emergency hospital in the Women's Clubhouse in San Pedro. And, yeah, so in October 19th, Powers was back asking the city council to fund three more part-time positions to visit the sick. And I'm really liking Powers at this point because he's yeah. really trying so hard to control this pandemic. Then, right. in, then in the mid-November, uh, during that month, Powers realized that many more poor patients lacked a place to fully recover after being discharged from the hospital. So after you were, you're okay, you're fine, you still, you know, weren't fully, you know, recovered, mm -hmm. you're still sent away. Like your body is still trying to gain its strength and they were right. needing more beds. So you were kicked out once you got a bill of health. Damn. So the city council agreed to an emergency appropriation this time to the tune of 10,500 used to convert a vacant hotel into a 100 bed uh, hospital for the poor. And on October 23rd, Damn. The Los Angeles Times ran a statement from California Governor William D. Stevens calling for voluntary mask wearing for all as a way of controlling the epidemic. Mm. So now we're also dealing with the masks. People were on a tizzy about the masks. So, Damn. and it's not just the masks that people were having a problem wearing. It's just that other other people this is when the karens start coming in we start seeing uh we start seeing the church coming in while well, the masks are being enforced now that means that we can do social gatherings and <laughs> and the city council's like god damn it what, what part of like no do you not understand the n or the o um and then we see the theater association no the theater owners association coming into play because they they think well if we can wear these masks and we can keep our businesses open we can keep mm -hmm. movie theaters open and you have the details on that as well yeah 
Well, let me just start by saying <laughs> quickly that it's a little jarring to me that we have really not learned or changed that much in over a hundred years. No. Like, After researching this, I was really shocked like I got chills like this yeah. parallels so much with what we are going through yeah. right now as a society and the thing that's like so crazy is that in some ways that's just the nature of a pandemic so mm-hmm. a lot of the similarities I think too are echoed throughout all pandemics like a lot of the AIDS crisis in the yeah. 80s and 90s is really similar um, so it's just really hard because you're like reading these, like as I was like reading through some of the information this week, it's just like, oh, these articles, a lot of articles that are being run right now, even in like the LA Times and all of that, like LA Weekly, all of these places, they're like about COVID-19, but they're constantly, constantly citing Spanish influenza because they're mirroring mm-hmm. So close. I, I'm sorry. I should say that the influenza of 1918. Spanish influenza is a lightly <laughs> right. It, the Chinese virus, but like no big deal. It's fine. Um, it comes from China. China. Yeah. Um. <laughs> sorry, y'all. Yeah. Disclaimer: I'm about to get real political, so just like sorry about it. Sorry uh, about it. Not sorry about it. Yeah, and so it's just like so funny because in some ways we have like more communication available to us and more technology yeah. available to us and the spread of information is so much faster. So in some ways we are doing better, but mm-hmm. in other quite tangible ways, we really haven't gotten any smarter or more prepared for these kinds of situations than we were a hundred years ago, which is like baffling to me. Um, especially working in the medical field where like every day we're like experiencing like these medical breakthroughs Mm -hmm. and like pushing the edge of like what is medically possible. And so it's like, well, you know that we have more like medical science and yet we are not prepared for very much what could be, you know, a global altering event. And so it's just funny that, like, even the way that it was reported in some of these articles that you can get from, like, UCLA archives and things like that, you could just pick and choose between, like, an article published today and an article published in 1918. Like, what the right. fuck? <laughs> Tiny soapbox over its time. Yes. Um, so one of the things, uh, I guess I'll address them separately, but the film industry is quite interesting, their response, because... A lot of them, especially at that time, the industry was so driven by, like, these names, which is still true, I think, today. But, like, for example, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, yeah. Listen to our episode on him. He is, like, the go-to person in Hollywood. And part of that is because he's not only the most recognizable, highest-paid actor of the time, but he also is in charge of the largest production company now at this point mm-hmm. and Charlie so his, Chaplin opinion, Studios, yeah. his opinion at this point in the industry is a cornerstone it's not just like you know now we sort of have celebrities who get up and they say their oscar speech and they have their opinion i think joaquin phoenix is a really great example from this last oscars yeah a lot of them michelle williams also comes to mind um on her speech for the golden globes um, 
using those platforms to like get a message that's important to you across. But because it's such a saturated market and because everyone has Twitter, it doesn't have quite the same effect that it did then, where at the time, Charlie Chaplin was like, oh, I have a movie coming out. We shouldn't be shutting down movie theaters, as you mentioned, because we can mm-hmm. take precautions. And if you shut them down, which by this point, uh, by the fall of 1918, roughly 90% of movie theaters across the country had been shut down. And mm-hmm. so his contention, selfishly driven by greed, capitalism, beep, 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 was that, you know, you're killing the industry, not just like my movie, even though it was 100% just his movie. But, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. You know, he was really concerned that by shutting theaters down, uh, and he specifically was referring to movie theaters, but the sentiment is reflected in New York, which I know we're mostly talking about LA, but New York didn't shut Broadway down in 1918. They still kind of like you mentioned. Yeah. We're like, oh, well, we're taking precautions and we're having people wear masks and it's fine. And so this sort of like need to keep the industry alive and they didn't have the luxuries that we have of like streaming services and things like that, that like let us experience it's art in the comfort of our own homes oh you know when you're seeing it's like tour museum broadway shows for free like anything on netflix anything on it's all free like even a lot of newspapers are lifting their paywalls right now so that you can access information for free so again we have the benefit of technology mm-hmm. that's like kind of helping us a bit yeah but at the the film industry in particular was really adamant and there was this sort of sentiment around the entirety of this coverage in the news media of the flu not to bring down morale and I think that we're seeing that as well and as we talked about sorry I know this is quite Mm -hmm. rambling but as we talked about in the Charlie Chaplin episode so many of his movies and the movies of that time were funded and sort of propagated by the government to boost morale. You see that all through the Depression. You see that all through World War One and Two. Um, we see that I with we still Shirley see Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. device used by the government of like, we give you the airways for free. You kind of have to say what we want to say. And mm-hmm. so there's this idea. It's why we call the flu of 18 of 1918 the spanish influenza because they all allied countries had forbidden it to be reported on because it was such a problem in europe at the time because trench warfare is a fucking nightmare as you know Mm -hmm. and the sanitate like sanitary conditions of that were already so bad and so the flu was ripping through the army oh yeah the military i should say and in an effort to like keep morale up, they weren't allowed to report on it. But Spain was a neutral country. It, neutral. Spain was a neutral country in World War One, mm-hmm. and so they were able to report on it factually. And so it was labeled the Spanish influenza because it was the first place that it was reported on. Oh. But like, it didn't originate in Spain. No. So no. the reason I bring all that up is because there's this like low key background noise of like don't lower people's morale period so the war is kind of dragging on at this point they're kind of trying to wrap it up and it just it's not wrapping up like you had mentioned the flu hits in the spring and it's quite mild 
And so people kind of quarantine, they kind of take precautions. And then by the fall, they're tired. They're like over it. They're like, yeah. this, we've done enough. And I, I swear there's a point to me bringing all this up. And <laughs> the point mainly is, is that then, because they didn't take it seriously, by the time it comes in the fall, it comes back with such a vengeance. And now, like you had mentioned, the death toll is in the thousands. Yeah. Those are like the dozens. And people are forced to take it seriously. And this is the sort of atmosphere that you have the film industry being like, but if you close like movie theaters, like we'll go out of business. <laughs> Simultaneously, most producers and celebrities are fleeing Los Angeles. They're going to Big Bear, uh, Lake Arrowhead, all those like northern cabin yeah. places because they're rich and they can escape the mire of the city essentially so it becomes this sort of like class warfare issue as you know i love and basically poor people and then that's why they have to start building all of the emergency hospitals because there's like a pay gap for people who can't access coverage and care so that's the movie side of it super not corrupt definitely not problematic love it and then you get all of those things mixed in with the religious side of it oh yes we have what is it the church of christ that is like we need to have gatherings need... <laughs> which we're seeing today that's the we thing that's so are that's it does nothing has changed nothing has has changed at all and i even researched like they went as far as like even posting sermons and psalms on on newspapers yep. and that still wasn't enough for people they wanted yep to you know congregate they wanted to yep. be in the same space and rejoice in the same room together and the church was giving the council even more of a headache on top yep. of the theater owners association and on top of people who are debating whether or not they needed to wear masks <sighs> it's just so crazy <laughs> i want to tread lightly because like i get it i grew up religiously and yeah. one of the things that I find some comfort in sometimes is like the idea of like laying hands on people. It's like a very special experience that like I've seen and experienced. And, you know, there's, there's the idea that like God is the great healer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there's this like trap that religion can fall into and, people who are quite religious and like, well, but, but God can take care of this. God is bigger than Spanish flu or COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very common, like, and I get, and I, I really do get that, but counterpoint, well, <laughs> I think that what sometimes gets lost in that translation and what we see now repeating itself that we can look back to like you were saying with the epidemic in 1918 is that people's reason sort of goes out the window in their like fervor to worship and to like have religious zealotry and all of these things and i think the answer to that for me is that god also, if you believe in that, then gave us knowledge and gave us like technology and gave us the ability to like reason and process things. Right. So like maybe the answer is that you listen to the scientific experts. Like maybe 
the your ability from like a divine power to reason and like process and protect yourself is his answer to your prayer like that's the thing that's always baffled me it's like well we're still gonna meet we're still gonna congregate you hear the president now we're gonna be back in church by april by easter like whoa like maybe that's not the biggest issue like just yeah thought mm-hmm. that like maybe you're fine you can still like have your faith i'm not trying to come down on anyone for like religion or faith but i just really struggle and we can see historically why they're always seemingly so mutually exclusive and like they don't have to be they definitely don't have to be those churches did not have to open their doors and like let all those people in and so you know again in this country we have such like a funny little history oh yeah religious freedom which you know love that journey but it ends up like making the flu very bad Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles in particular, you have this sort of hotbed of like these mega church meetings that are like, yeah, again, they're wearing masks, they're like taking precautions, but that pandemic was airborne. So it's like, what, why, what, <laughs> hi, what are you doing? Why are you, why? That was true. No, you're absolutely right. That was airborne. Like just being outside, being next to someone, you can easily catch it, you know? <laughs> Uh, being around COVID-19 from what I've seen and from what other professionals have described is if someone coughs on you, you know, it's like kind of getting in the midst of the of the virus yeah. itself. They cough yes. or sneeze on you or cough and sneeze in their hand and touch an object and you touch yeah. it, you you automatically got it. So it's just <laughs> yeah. still like we still got to practice social distancing. We still yep. have to like tackle this by the horns and just kind of like, do our part and protect ourselves protect each other and it didn't seem like even back then people still didn't get it they didn't understand well and there was another like a time i don't know if you like if i'm jumping ahead or whatever but there was also sort of an element uh which hopefully we don't have anymore or who knows you know how i feel (laughs) about toxic masculinity but there was sort of this element of men trying to like tough it out like they were infected, they had the flu, and they were expected to sort of like have that like tough, I'm not sick mentality. And what ended up happening is that they were spreading it so quickly because, you know, they were out and about and weren't really, it wasn't really socially as acceptable for mm-hmm. men to wear masks, for when, for men to stay home. Um, and so one of the reasons that it also spread so quickly was because of this like weird societal bullshit of like men don't get sick, men need to toughen it up, which as you know, I just love. <laughs> but you're right. You know why? Because according to my research, and this isn't research, uh, this is according to the Influenza Archive, mm, uh, yes. the average casualty of the flu of 1918 was a married white male between the ages of 20 and 45. The total, really? Yes, the total number of flu-related deaths was at a total of 3,482 uh, which was out of the reported total of what is it? Uh, the confining cases that were 57,000, 57,000 reported cases. Oof. And, you know, Dr. Powers believed to be greatly 
underreported. He felt that there was more than fifty-seven thousand. That was close to people even said no, it was eighty thousand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you, you're absolutely right that, I mean, that was such a male dominated age. And I mean, yeah. even people in the, the city council, they're all male, you know, yeah. they're, they were all the men that were trying to take care of Los Angeles. And then of course she had the film industry and the church. It was also male dominated. And well, definitely part of it for sure is that as world war one finally wrapped up into mm-hmm. the end of 1918 through the of 1919 right height all these men come back and they have a, a tougher strain they have like essentially for lack of a better word the european strand of yeah influenza, and they oh, come yeah. back and it just decimates i mean it just truly becomes such a bigger problem because like the in the spring it was quite bad but oh, it was yeah. contained and the population was spread out because mm-hmm. so many people were away in Europe they come back and they're still sick and now people are tired and they don't listen and it's so much worse oh yeah it got really worse um I want to say March through April of 1919 yes. that was the worst that was like that was reported back in the day and yeah like you're right people just didn't listen they were already tired of being quarantined and being stuck in the house having to deal with their children and trying to yeah. teach their oh, children you know, they wanted to be out. Oh, I'm out of kids right now. Like, <laughs> shout out, shout out to our listeners and to our friends with kids, because y'all are the real champs. I don't know how y'all you guys are. Guys are. I know my sisters. I, I my poor. Well, first off, my older sister has three children. Two in which live with her. The other one lives in Austin. She's grown and married and stuff. Um, but she has two children. And unfortunately, her husband cannot help because her husband, my brother-in-law, is an emergency ER nurse in New Orleans. And he has to live in a separate house because he, from what we discovered two days ago, two people out of his staff now have COVID. And he cannot bring that into his house. He cannot at all. So now it's in a different location. And it sucks because he can't help, you know, my sister with the kids. He has to work these crazy 10, 12, 13, 14 hour shifts. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our listeners that are nurses. You uh, guys fucking rock. Seriously. It's insane. I, I, I mean, I, I text back and forth with my sister, even with him and Jesus, man, you guys are definitely also another group of heroes. And that's why I made it a, a thing, man. Every single day I, I sew six to eight masks that mm-hmm. I am sending out to like clinics and hospitals. And cause you know, you guys are, you guys are suffering and but helping at the same time and we feel yeah. you man you guys are not alone we, we love you guys so much yeah. we're so appreciative of what you yeah. guys are doing and but, i think that's the thing that's like brought me the most you know hope or the most sense because i just cry like every day shocker you know? <laughs> um, but it's like that thought of like okay but this is like what we can do to help like our brothers and sisters in the health industry that like they need our help and they don't need us to like go there and be in their way or like distracting or like a patient that could have been someone who really needed their help. They need us to just like stay home to just like to just so be easy. Bored. It's so like, simple. Just, just stay home. Just be bored. It sucks. It, does. <laughs> it really does. And like, you know, we will all have PTSD from this. We really will. I already feel the ways. Um, 
that it is affecting me. Every time I bring things home from the store and we just start wiping them, I cry every day. So like, you know, and there's just all these like little things that like are not normal and they are new normal and it's gonna be very difficult. But like, if that's what we have to do so that like this goes away, then like that's what we have to do. And I was thinking about this as we were getting ready like to record you know it's weird because you and i were recording in california and so we are kind of one of the early adopters you know there are other states who aren't quite to the point that california is yet and if you're listening and that's your case i would just strongly without trying to incite fear but instead trying to incite hope that like no it is it's fast and within days we went from it's i was at disney two weeks ago and then it just starts it just within days all of a sudden it's like oh shit it's serious and so again not to make anyone afraid i'm actually not afraid because it's it's nice knowing that there are plans in place Mm -hmm. but you know i would just lightly recommend that like if your state isn't at a place that's doing that to just like start mentally preparing yourself for what that looks like and just it's fine it really is fine but just know that like this is what this is where we're headed this is where we're gonna be for the next couple of months and like again we can look and see like we have the gift of history mm-hmm. so like we can use that so why well, let, then let's do it then let's like use history for once <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. October, I suppose. Like it is too. History does tend to repeat itself. We just have to learn from, you know, past actions and past efforts, you know, to improve for the next wave. Yeah. It'll just be very interesting to see where we are at. Because we're now, you know, so San Francisco was actually about five days ahead of us. So Los Angeles, we're now, I think, a week, an official week into the order, like mm-hmm. the actual stay-at-home order. Um, and then over this past weekend, it actually escalated because people didn't listen. And so then that was when Eric Garcetti was like, um, hi, I wasn't joking. Like, you have to take this seriously. Like, Yeah, because yeah. pictures surfaced of the freaking Santa Monica Beach. The beach. Packed. A fucking runyon it was packed and people were like oh, we're outside yeah but you're still not six fucking feet apart like are you fucking yeah. kidding karen so, <laughs> so now all of our public parks are closed all of our hiking trails are closed yeah. all of our beach fronts are closed so again it's hard because in some ways we value our individualism and our freedom so much. Oh yeah. And like Eric Garcetti is like our disappointed dad. Who's like grounding us and taking the keys away and telling us we can't go to prom. Like, I really do get it. It sucks. (laughs) But like, they're always going to be there for us. They're always going to be there after all this, the beaches, the mountains, Runyon Canyon, doing it for the gram. It's still going to be there. (laughs) Have you know, like, I don't know how much you've been outside, but I've been running, which like, that is how you know the world is ending. If I'm running like girl, we're in trouble because I fucking hate running. And yet here we are. Are you okay? 
I'm, I don't know. You're I running? guess not. <laughs> what time in the morning are you running? Are you running in the evening? No, in the morning. Are you know. running away from something? No. <laughs> I know, bro. Girl. That's how desperate it is. I know. Um, but it has been beautiful. I mean, it's honestly been the most beautiful weather I've ever experienced in LA. It's yeah, because unreal. there's a lot less people driving now. All that smog is dissipated. It's, you can see the city line from afar it's now. Been insanely beautiful, and like it just—it's just kind of a little wake-up call. Like I hope we take it. Um, you know, I keep saying this little like pandemic is a pressure cooker and it's just highlighting all of the things that I kind of want really working for mm -hmm. nature for the economy for ourselves as people I mean mm -hmm. there are lots of parts of my personality that are like bubbling up to the surface that I'm like oh yeah you can't like you can't keep doing that and it's just like highlighted because you're in quarantine yeah so it's very interesting like how interpersonally you know we're really having to like fight for connection and it like makes you really appreciate that but mm -hmm. it also highlights like how we can make ourselves and yes this is just evolving into my therapy session so I apologize <laughs> <laughs> no no we all need to sit down and we all have to listen to it we need to talk about it and that's yeah. part of the process you know that's why I'm so happy that we're sitting down, even though we're not in the same room that we're recording together. I'm trying not to cry because I miss you so I, much. <laughs> I, no, don't cry, don't cry. But you can cry too, it's okay. I, I it's won't okay because this foundation was literally $50. And yes, bitch. I woke yeah. up and, and took a shower and put on makeup on for the first time for the for the sake of putting it on, you know? I just yeah. wanted to feel, yeah, yeah just normal <laughs> and yeah. not look like I am a person that has definitely hit the edge so um yeah but it's good to talk about well, it and here's the thing is like the main like I said if we can learn from history is that like people don't people aren't still fighting okay. Spanish influenza like that it's not like we still can look at it and be like you know, I think that's one of the main differences is that we can look to this and that, like, the measures that they finally, finally took mm -hmm. worked. They did. And so we don't have people who are still infected no. by the same strand of flu as they were in 1918. And so it's tough and it's, like, shitty. But, like, we have, again, we have hindsight to see that, like, it can work. It's not like it's not the exact same as like HIV or AIDS. It's not something that we'll be dealing with for hopefully generations. Like it can it can be done. It can be dealt with. We just have to kind of like stick together and think about other people and kind of show that we really are an evolved species. You know. Mhm. Mm Absolutely. So. Couldn't have said it better, girl. <laughs> but it is it's hard it's sad i miss you too <laughs> we miss we miss sitting down and chatting and definitely producing for you guys but don't worry we're still going to produce more don't worry and well. just like on that note to everyone that's like reached out yeah and like checked in on us and just been encouraging like it's so it's so sweet and so appreciated and i, yeah. I can't say like 
thank you in a, a worthy enough way for how genuinely touched I am by everyone that's just been like, are you guys okay? Is there anything yeah. that like, can be done? And not, yeah, I don't know. It's just when you find community, especially now when it's like so hard to have community and you still like find little pockets of it. It's such a special, special feeling. And I feel very blessed and very lucky by that. Me too. I, we're very thankful and we're so happy that you guys too are doing super well. No, me too. I'm so glad too. that you guys have reached out. I'm so glad that, you know, we still keep in touch. And if you guys, you know, just want to say hi, you can always do that on Instagram and yep. on our Gmail. If yep. you know, you just want to, you know, just chat for a bit. We're there. Like yeah. we're more than happy to talk to you guys and it really helps us out too. And we hope yeah. that you guys are doing well and keeping safe and, staying weird because yeah. this is a weird time it's a yeah. very weird time i mean talk it's... about putting the major holly weird and the weird and holly weird so yeah. mm -hmm. but we want to say thank you yes. yes yeah and we're just so happy to get to know you guys even more <laughs> with this going on so yeah under these strange circumstances so strange i'm stripping in my own home That's I'm... <laughs> nothing's normal so we're gonna start seeing like Bryce go online, like we'll strip for tips. Oh, Just, kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. We'll see. If I don't, if I don't keep working, then that's what's gonna have to happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're like, no, no, no one's paying for that. Let's be very clear. No one's paying for that. I promise. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go with this, uh, the conclusions. And we also hit the aftermath yeah. of the influenza of 1918. Yeah. Of course, we had a, you know, pushback from the Theater Owners Association and the Church of Christ. Um, they were still very persistent in keeping the movie theaters open. But of course, like you mm -hmm. said, Bryce, um, there was a drop of flu cases in early December of 19. Uh, of 1918 and it allowed a conditional recession of the quarantine but it was re reinstated within days when a new surge of infections filled the hospitals again mm -hmm. and of course I mean we hit the worst of the worst in April of 1919 and like I said we had a total of 3,400 deaths close to 4,000 deaths, possibly even more, and over 57,000 reported cases. Yeah. So yeah, that is pretty much what hit the city of Los Angeles in 1918 and even surrounding cities too, even San Francisco. And, and that's so funny that you did mention San Francisco because it was like the same timeline kind of existed back then in 1918 as well. Like we were hit big time when first, and then I think a week later, San Francisco yeah. got hit too, but not as bad as Los Angeles, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, everywhere during that time got hit, uh, Canada, Kansas, <laughs> everywhere. So it was it was a very scary time during, you know, in our nation, especially with World War One going on. So yes, and people are now bragging, oh, bringing up, oh, well, we're going to be expecting World War III. I'm like, please don't say that. Please don't put that out in the uh -huh. universe. Please don't, like, manifest that. that. This will bring us closer and not closer to war. I mean, if you look at, you know, Cuba historically has had a very storied past. Yeah. Uh, not 
whether whomever was right or wrong in history, I think there's blame for everyone. But I think seeing them send doctors and nurses to Italy, and like you mentioned, the boat that arrived here in Los Angeles, and seeing companies donate to hospitals and seeing neighbors stick up and take care and intervene and i'm i think we're seeing parts of humanity that are really beautiful mm-hmm. and i i'm hoping that you know our instinct if you look at the toilet paper shortage oh my god i don't even want, i can't yeah, even think about that <laughs> I know, but because ultimately if we don't self-correct we really are like Lord of the Flies. Like we really will devolve into like tribal chaos quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, if to our own devices, but I think within each of us, we have the ability to fight that and to be better than that, and to like look out and help our fellow man. And I think we're seeing that now that the initial fear of like, what does it mean to be on quarantine? Yeah, it's a scary word, but like. You're just, you just got to stay at home. It's fine. You don't have to stock up. You can if that makes you feel safe. But, like, you're fine. I went to Target on Saturday, and I wore my little mask, and I wore my little gloves, and everything that I wanted was there. I got my goldfish crackers. <laughs> I got my vegetables. We're going to listen paper. to Bryce's nutritional value right yeah. here, guys. <laughs> well, what kind of goldfish crackers? Fair. Do you hit the old school goldfish crackers, or do you do the rainbow, the pretzel, or the jalapeno? I do the flavor blast. I Ooh. like my mouth to bleed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's really great. Yeah. I'm going to come out of this quarantine just a perfect sphere. Just round, round. It's going to be great. Um, but I think that's the, you know, hopefully, like, because I've heard that too. Like, this is next is World War Three, and it's like, yeah. But, like, maybe we could just be better than that. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we could just maybe give each other a little bit of a break, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And also eat the rich. But, like, mostly give each other a break. <laughs> just uh, go to Target, pick up some, you know, goldfish crackers, and you'll be fine. It's fine. Yeah, the it's world okay. just eat the rich, eat some goldfish eat crackers, you'll yeah, be okay. You just mix them together in a little pot. And just grab a little extra teepee if you do find it. No, I <laughs> I was very happy. I was so excited to see. Uh, we go shopping at this place called Aldi, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. And um, we were just happy to and so grateful to see food still up for sale. Like there were still yeah. this bountiful amounts of food that was still in the aisles. Yeah. And, of course, the supermarket was doing such a great job limiting one case of water and one 12-pack of teepee per customer. And I was like, see, this is how it needs to happen. And there was still a lot left over. So I was just, like, so happy to see that and also the organization. Yeah. We work together. Yeah. Yeah. High school musical. We're all in there together. (laughs) Now that we're all together, guys, after we went on this little, you know, tangent, and yes. it, it needed Sorry. to happen, it needed to happen, you Sorry, know. No. Sorry, not sorry. It's our podcast. You know, this is how it is. But uh, we're gonna start moving this conversation to more important things. We're talking about ghosts. Ghost. 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 I know we haven't scared Bryce in a while, guys. I know. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> 
speaking of illnesses, pandemics, and hospitals, East Los Angeles is home to one of the most notorious haunted hospitals in America, and it's the Linda Vista Community Hospital. And it is truly spooky, and it was once abandoned, and now it's turned into a senior living facility. What? Yeah. They got little seniors to defend themselves against a ghost? Oh, yes, honey. Oh, oh yes. Oh, my God. Oh, no. We got prunes, we got catheters, and we got ghosts now. So. Yeah, big three. So let's go over the troubled history of Linda Vista Hospital, our community hospital. I'm sure you guys have seen it on Ghost Adventures and other paranormal shows. But the Boyle Heights Hospital, known today as Linda Vista, or was once known as Linda Vista, it opened its doors in 1905 as the Santa Fe Coastlines Hospital. It was created to care for workers of the Santa Fe Railroad Company. And the original building was completely redesigned and rebuilt in the 20s. And in 1937, it was renamed the Linda Vista Community Hospital. Mm. A managed healthcare company purchased the hospital in 1980, but the facility struggled through the 80s, overwhelmed with the rising healthcare costs. The hospital's emergency department was overtaxed by the aftermath of, you guessed it, local gang wars and the facility's death rate began to soon climb. And there were also rumors of negligent care, although the large numbers of gunshot wounds and stabbings likely affected the mortality statistics. Mm. Now, by the early 1990s, many of the hospital's nurses and doctors were leaving for other hospitals and replacement staff became tougher and tougher to find. Linda Vista finally closed its doors in 1991. So it's known to be, or was known to be, Hollywood's favorite haunt. So after the Linda Vista ceased operating as a hospital in 91, it began a second career as a popular location for movie magic. Abandoned or always even as like i mean even buildings can have a second career in always. the film industry so abandoned or not the building still had beautiful mission revival architecture and lots of leftover hospital equipment so linda visa has been featured in numerous films and tv shows and even music videos including the first pilot of er it was uh-huh. in the movie outbreak buffy the vampire slayer pearl harbor dexter and true blood so it's it's it's, it's done some work, you know? She's made the rounds. She has. She's gotten those residual checks, of course. So um, nonetheless, film crews and cast members have re- reported unusual activity during a lot of these shoots. So this is why it started to create more of, of a phenomenon and got the major rumor that this place is really haunted. So the macabre Mecca. It's no surprise that many ghost hunters have made pilgrimages to the Linda Vista when it was open. Well, when it was abandoned slash open to the paranormal enthusiasts. It was once known as a paranormal amusement park of sorts. Among the ghost hunting visitors had been local groups calling itself the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project, which investigated Linda Vista back in 2010. And some of the editors of the online uh, famous website, Atlas Obscura. And naturally, the Linda Vista has also been a popular destination for, you guessed it, Zach Baggins, the Baggins, back when it was Baggins, Goodwin, and old school Nick Groff. So the ghost hunting team of the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventure series did spend a night 
on lockdown in the facility in 2009 and again in 2012. In 2000, 2011, another Travel Channel series, Paranormal Challenge, even staged a competition between two teams to see who could find the most paranormal evidence at Linda Vista. Some ghost hunting teams have used EVPs or electronic voice phenomenon recorders in order or in hopes of capturing something, which a lot of them have. Some ghost hunters who have recorded EVPs at Linda Visa claim to have discerned whispering and even collected, this is a famous story, a little girl laughing and singing in their EVPs. No. So if you guys remember in the episode of Ghost Adventures, it's one of my favorite episodes because um, they did pick up a lot of evidence from this hospital, but Nick Groff did have a major experience when he witnessed or encountered an apparition of a young woman in one of the rooms on one of the floors. And it really shook him to the core, to which is why they went back there two years later. And I know the story of the little girl back in the 80s, there's a story that this little girl was shot either in front of the hospital or down the street from the hospital and they brought her to the hospital where she died. And oh, people damn. claim to still see the apparition of this little girl even to you know this very, very day. So yeah. um, EVP is not the only unusual phenomenon investigators have experienced at the hospital. A mysterious woman's shadow has been reported, and some investigators thought they saw a ghostly doctor pacing the corridors. So, Kimber Chase. Um, I mean, I don't know. Because I can. That's a good I question, could... but I mean, if you are like the type that's kinky into doctors, I mean, any doctor's cute, right? You'd be surprised. <laughs> I once got a physical from a doctor who was missing all of his teeth. So, oh no, <laughs> yeah, it was a dark day for me, really dark day. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I've only had one male doctor, and, and that was in New Orleans. And I, I mean, he was cute when he was young, but I never had a crush on him. And then, since then, all my doctors have been female, so I <laughs> but they've all been attractive. I'm just saying that if a cute ghost doctor, that is the only thing that I'm fine. A ghost dog and a ghost doctor can haunt me. Everything what else, a, no. What about a male nurse? Yeah, definitely. definitely. I don't okay. <laughs> Must have teeth. Sorry. Must have teeth. <laughs> yeah. Able to float, and then we're all good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's I need. You can walk through walls? Oh, that's so kinky. <laughs> oh, you all don't right. have teeth? I'm out. Mm. <laughs> So um, there's also been an apparition of a doctor pacing the corridors. Uh, we don't know. It's unconfirmed if he is hot or not, but he would definitely hit it if he was. Uh, <laughs> Kimber Chase, a former Linda Vista ER nurse who appeared on Ghost Adventures, has tweeted in an old tweet that the old Linda Vista hospital is extremely haunted. Mm -hmm. And she got more information from there than she ever wanted when she was on that episode of Ghost Adventure. She had a very, very traumatic experience and it seemed to have followed her since that filming. Now, Hospital of the Lost Souls question mark, according to Azalea Pompilio, an RN nurse and writer, according to her a few years ago, she took a paranormal studies course and her teacher claimed to have pertinent evidence that the Linda Visa Hospital was indeed haunted. She said that with the help of a spiritual medium, 
she was able to go into the hospital and clear it of all of its lost and fragmented entities and ghosts. So according to her, according to the medium, um, she said that a lot of the ghosts who stayed in the hospital were mostly gang members and patients seeking Uh retribution for negligent care and didn't know where else to go. So when they passed, their souls lingered because they just were in shock. They didn't know what to where to go. There was a lot of chaos oh. in and out of the hospital. So she was able to go in and clear a lot of this chaos. But it seemed like a lot of those ghosts still tend to linger in the corridors of Linda Vista. Wow. So back in 2012... As it goes in this damn city, whenever a thirsty land developer sees some like a building that's abandoned, of course they're going to build something on top of it. Condos. Oh yeah. So first uh-huh. they wanted to build condos, but no, a senior living apartment stands in its place today. That's kind of cute, yeah. Yeah, so they did a lot of renovations. Like they did some major reno and demo. Of that location. So, of course, when you're shaking the bones of the skeletal structure, you're going to raise some spirits that don't want to leave or are severely rooted into this hospital. So, according to security guards, um, one in particular claimed to have seen several, this is just what he claimed, on a night watch. He was walking and doing his rounds, and he comes to the basement. And he sees a pile of dead bodies. He runs out. He calls the cops. No. He tells the cops the bodies are in this basement. I don't know what happened. They go in the basement. There's nothing there. No. So there's. Dead bodies. Dead bodies. Which could be linked to the negligent care. There was so much death that it overwhelmed the hospital. That these Bodies just kept on piling and piling and piling. And a lot of times, these were bodies of individuals that were homeless. And they didn't have any identity. They didn't know what to do with them. So they just kind of brushed them to the side. If you go to the Los Angeles coroner, I mean, they have bodies there in bags that haven't been identified for many years in freezers. Yes. That is so sad. So that happened. There's also been security guards who have stated that they've seen shadowy figures roaming around the building, even in hallways that they can see on their cameras. One security guard said that, here we go again, he saw a man dressed in a white doctor's coat, staffed with a stethoscope and glasses looking down at him from one of the windows. No. Is he cute? I don't know, Bryce. Is he wearing a shirt under his doctor's coat? All right, so new tenants have reported the lingering stench of burning flesh in the halls. Oh, God. The original Linda Vista Hospital had a crematorium. Oh. Yeah, so there's also been reports from tenants who have um, seen apparitions of patients in their patient gowns standing in the middle of their living room or standing in their room watching them just looking at them and when they turn around and turn back again to where that person was standing that person is no longer standing there one tenant in particular claimed that he lasted in his apartment for barely a week after he um quote unquote saw a six foot shadow 
standing in the middle of his room, staring at him as he was sleeping. Oh, my God. Yeah, so there are... Six foot part, but... (laughs) I mean, he is tall, dark, and I don't know if he's handsome, but, I mean, would he hit it? three is not bad. Okay. (laughs) I'm very single in the quarantine. Let's just be very clear. You would let a ghost toke as you during the quarantine? I mean, maybe not on, like, this day seven, but, like, come to me at, like, day 17 and let's see where we're at. <laughs> Would you pull out a Ouija board to do a booty call with a ghost? No. There's not enough days in quarantine, but... Oh, really? Not even day court, like, day number quarantine number, like, what, 107 maybe? Or maybe nope. 78? Nope. Okay. That, the ghost is going to have to come on his own. I mean, <laughs> apparently. Oh. Even if the Linda Vista was never really haunted, its macabre legacy will probably linger for many, many years to come. It might eventually be forgotten, but unquiet spirits still lurk within the corridors to many of the tenants that live in the apartments. And there's also been claim of people who have come forward who used to work in the hospital who say to look, I've been in the basement, I've been in the crematorium, I've been in all these places that claim to be haunted and I never experienced anything. But then again, there are other people too who might embody certain sensitivities and gifts who can or have had the ability to make communication what is there. So who knows? So if you've ever haunted or done a ghost hunt at the former Linda Vista Hospital, hit us up. We'd love to hear your story because that is one of my favorite buildings. I know. That is one of my favorite buildings to talk about when it comes to hauntings and, and whatnot in Los Angeles, of course. So those are... Well, that is our little ghost story or ghost association, paranormal association with the flu of 1918. Uh-huh. Yes. So, guys, we hope that you all stay safe. Yes, please. You continue practicing social distancing, but don't keep quiet with us. We'd love to hear from you. Say hi. Drop us a line. We do want to say a couple of thank yous. First off, we want to say thank you to our new patrons. I am like, this also made me cry too, because during this time you guys are donating and I know it's crazy. We are just so grateful and just so thankful that you guys still want to support us. And we're just, I just wish I could buy you a pony right now (laughs) for each of you guys, but, uh, or maybe a tiger like Joe exotic. Ooh, yeah. Mm. All right. So we want to say thank you to Sylvia Gardner, Kara, Our girl, Josh Matthews and Connie Moreno. Thank you guys so thank much you so for much. your so sweet. donations and also for joining our patron. Guys, we're still keeping up with the Saturday Night Ghost Club. It yep. is still in effect. You guys, if you want more ghost stories in your quarantine, then I highly recommend that you head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Hollywood Paranormal. And for as little as $1 or more a month, you can enjoy these true ghost stories that I've collected from acquaintances, coworkers, people off the street, yes. or friends. Everyone's um, there, everyone does of paranormal stories. And we, I just collected run from one of my meetings last week at work. And amazing. 
Luke and uh, our new uh, stagecraft guy have experiences at the El Portal Theater. Oh, yeah. That's like right across the street from where I used to live. Yeah, at, off of Lancashire. So apparently that theater is super haunted. Luke is the type of guy, and you know Luke. Yeah. He's our lighting lighting designer at our school, but um, he... I was asking him, like, you don't happen to have any ghost stories of some haunted theater. She's like, oh, my God, I have several from this one particular one in North Hollywood. And I was like, wait, which one? He said, El Portal. I said, no way. And then he, he tells me his story, crazy story. I pan my phone to Jeff, who walks into the room. And Jeff is like, that place is fucking haunted. And he's like, I usually don't believe in this stuff. But after working in that theater, Damn. I believe that there's something out there. So he shared his experiences. So that story is going to go up, guys. Not to mention, I kept an Easter egg of stories for Saturday Night Ghost Club. I sat uh-huh. down with Helen, who is the marketing manager of the Madame Tussauds uh-huh. Wax Museum in Hollywood. And she gave me a couple of ghost tales, guys, that you definitely need to listen to. They're scary. Oh, yeah. Definitely go and venture to our Patreon page, browse around. And if so you want... Sweet to donate a dollar or more, even just for this month of March or just for one month or two months or three months, you can do it. And you'll be given some Hollywood goodies that are definitely disinfected. So <laughs> yes. don't worry, <laughs> they're healthy. I make sure I spray Lysol and you know coordinate everything with gloves. So don't worry about that. Also, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Paranormal and on Twitter at HWP Podcast. And we are also redeveloping our online store. So we are definitely producing some Hollywood merchandise. Ooh. We're going to be coming out with some Nometoke shirts. My husband is designing them. Oh, shirts are fire. Yes. So we're teaming up with him. He has, uh, he's under the pseudonym noisy project and if you guys are not following him on instagram to see his designs and i highly recommend so yeah we're using his designs we're gonna be selling those designs too and yeah so we got a lot of great spooky merch coming your way very very soon of course and i wanted to get merchandise too that could fit everyone from a size extra small to even a size 5xl Well, guys, till next time, we're going to be doing a listener's tales. So we definitely want to get your stories. We have a couple and we do have one recorded. You want to send us your stories. You can at hollyweirdparanormal at Gmail. I know y'all have time. Y'all are in your (laughs) house. You can. You could type them down or you could grab your phone and use your voice memo, record your story, and just email it to us. It's so simple. We've had a couple of you guys do that before. So, yeah, we'd love to listen to it. We'd love to scare Bryce with it. So, you know, I will. (laughs) Well, guys, till next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and always stay Hollywood. Bryce, do you have anything you want to say? Bye. Bye. Oh, we miss hearing that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at that, Bryce. You didn't cry. (laughs) I almost did. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much. Much love.